tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Delighted to have you with me today. My gosh, obviously, you know what we're going to talk about. I'm actually going to do a, a video on my laptop to be able to push out to subscribers as well. I'm in studio today at my flagship station, WSB. Don't have my fancy setup uh, that I have in the home studio, but this is this is important. It's a big deal. It is the indictment against Donald Trump, the third indictment against Trump. And I want to start uh, with a few points before we get in deep. If you want to call in and discuss it, you can eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. But but give me this segment to walk through things. I find it very notable. In the 45-page indictment, and as an aside, I don't think it's a coincidence that they made the indictment against the 45th president 45 pages long. A little bit too clever by half, honestly, if you ask me, and and I think suggests some level of partisan messaging in there. I, I really don't think it's a coincidence. But what I find very notable is what is not in the indictment, and this isn't getting a lot of coverage. So let's step back. Uh, you've got obstruction and several conspiracies. You don't actually have to prove the underlying crime occurred uh, to prove the conspiracies to commit the crime. But you do have to prove Donald Trump's state of mind. You prove Donald Trump's state of mind through circumstantial evidence. Rarely do we have uh, the person admitting, I don't believe this. I don't think this is true. And that's why this indictment is so notable for what it does not contain. There were a series of statements made to the January 6th committee on Capitol Hill of what Cassidy Hutchinson, it was Alyssa Farah was, was one of them, several others, that Donald Trump said he did not believe the election was stolen. In private, Donald Trump did not believe the election was stolen. That's not in the indictment. I've read the 45 pages. There are no statements from those people Backing it up. Now, my suspicion is this. That was hearsay. Uh, what is hearsay? Hearsay is a statement made uh, to another person overheard that is used for the truth of the matter. Now, that's a, a complicated thing. But essentially, if you watch Judge Judy, you hear her say when, when someone says, well, he told so-and-so. She says, I don't care what he told them. I care what he told you. You can't say in court what someone said to someone else as the truth of that matter asserted. So if Cassie Hudson, for example, heard Donald Trump say to someone else, I don't believe the election was stolen, that's hearsay. You need to go to the person he said it to and have that person testify. 
Now, there are lots of exceptions to hearsay, in, including a statement against the party's interests. But if you have two parties and the one that he said it to is available to testify, you got to get that person. None of those statements are in the indictment. This is one of the big things that the January 6th committee focused on is that Donald Trump behind the scenes, according to these witnesses, said he did not believe the election was stolen. And yet these things aren't in the indictment, which suggests they were uncorroborated hearsay all along and the people he said it to don't back it up. Otherwise, it would be there because the indictments, the state of mind issues are all about Donald Trump's state of mind. Now, to prove his state of mind, you use circumstantial evidence. The circumstantial evidence is what did he tell other people? What did other people tell him? What was the information he was getting? And what they will claim is that all of the people who investigated on behalf of Donald Trump outside the crazies were saying no. The attorney general said this isn't so. Homeland Security said it wasn't so. The FBI said it wasn't so. Trump's own lawyer said it wasn't so. The chief of staff looked into it. His son and Georgia looked into it. They couldn't find evidence. And Donald Trump continued down a road where he said to people that some of the theories sounded crazy and implausible, and yet he continued to go down the road pushing these things. The problem, however, for Jack Smith is this. In proving Donald Trump's state of mind, time and time again, when Donald Trump relied on experts in government, the experts in government got it wrong. Just as a few examples. When Donald Trump decided he was going to move the U.S. Embassy in Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, he was told by his advisors it would start a war in the Middle East. We're still waiting for that war. When Donald Trump was told he could not possibly bring peace to the Middle East without dealing with the Palestinian situation, well, he suddenly has the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, uh, Egypt, Jordan, all these other countries now with diplomatic relations with Israel. Saudi Arabia is coming. The Biden administration now working on the Saudi situation that improved greatly under Donald Trump, but he was told it was impossible. When Donald Trump was told he couldn't remove us from the Paris Climate Accord without deep ramifications to the U.S. economy, he did it anyway, and the economy roared. When Donald Trump decided to kill Qasem Soleimani, the Pentagon told him he could start a broader war in the Middle East, he could start a, a military confrontation with Iran, he killed him anyway, it didn't happen. And when Donald Trump said he believed that the virus that came from Wuhan, China, had come from a lab, Tony Fauci told him, no, it didn't. And now the FBI and the Department of Energy, which oversees these sorts of bioweapons labs, says that's most likely the source. The CIA is noncommittal on where it is, uh, but there's copious amounts of evidence that's come forward. Donald Trump was right all along, and Tony Fauci denied we were funding that entity in Wuhan, and it turns out we were. So Donald Trump has a plausible statement to say, listen, all of these people who are giving me advice were regularly wrong. That's why I was instead listening to, to Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. Did it sound crazy? Yes. But so too did the virus situation and the lab leak theory, and that turned out to be true. He's got a plausible defense there. He relied on the advice of lawyers on the outside. He throws the lawyers under the bus, Jeffrey Clark, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, John Eastman. He throws them under the bus, and he's got a good defense. The problem for Donald Trump is that this is a case in the District of Columbia. Overwhelmingly voted for Joe Biden, overwhelmingly even among Republicans who live there, liberal the judge is not just a major Obama donor, but an Obama appointee who's been harder on the January 6th defendants who have come before her than the other judges in the District of Columbia. She has given prison sentences that exceed the wishes of prosecutors in those cases. 
the judge matters. These are novel cases, and to my knowledge, uh, rarely, if ever, have these charges ever been prosecuted against anyone, let alone a former president of the United States. This case is far weaker than the Mar-a-Lago case. This case, to me, scratches the itch of progressives who wanted justice for January 6th. But I think it's a very difficult case that could very well, like the Bob McDonald corruption case from Virginia back in the the early 2000s, make its way to the Supreme Court and find the Supreme Court decide no. Jack Smith, by the way, prosecuted that case as well. He got a conviction of Bob McDonald that was unanimously thrown out by the United States Supreme Court. This is a weaker case than the classified documents case. And I don't know that it was wise for Jack Smith to bring this case because it is a weaker case. Now, I know if you're a liberal, you're screaming at me saying, how can you say that? How can you say that? Look at what he did. Look at what he did. But this is the problem for you in proving the conspiracy. If Donald Trump's state of mind was he really did believe the election was stolen based on the advice of Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and Jeffrey Clark. Clark and John Eastman, if he really believed it to be so, his state of mind matters greatly in a conspiracy. This is a state of mind case. What was his state of mind? Why did he claim these things? If they can't really prove that he knew he was telling lies and he knew these things were false, well, then the whole case collapses because in Donald Trump's mind, he's not breaking the law. He's trying to prevent the law from being broken. And there is a fundamental legal difference between the two. Now, I know on the left, they don't care about these things. I'm getting mocked by progressives for saying these things. Look at what he did. Look at what he did. I know you don't like what he did, but you know what? Conservatives don't like teachers in America transitioning children behind the backs of their parents. And you on the left think it's perfectly fine. You on the left think it's perfectly legal. People on the right do not. We see things differently in this country. The question is, what does the law say and what does the law allow and what are the latitudes? And regardless of my opinion, I happen to have been a lawyer and a criminal lawyer at that. And what matters in conspiracy cases is his state of mind. They will prove it through circumstantial evidence. Now, the problem, again, for Donald Trump is when you have a jury in Washington, D.C., hear that the attorney general, the secretary of Homeland Security, the secretary of defense, uh, the chief of staff, the White House counsel, the governors, the secretaries of state, the speakers of the state houses around the country kept telling him it wasn't true. Then you come to the conclusion that Donald Trump's state of mind was he knew what the truth was. He simply didn't want to believe it. And if Donald, if, if the jury concludes that Donald Trump just didn't want to believe the truth, well, then ultimately it is that Donald Trump knew the truth and pursued lies anyway. But I got to say something else that's going to make some of you really mad. And, and I, I, I've hesitated to say this, but I got to say this. If half of what is alleged in the indictment is true, Trump really shouldn't be president again. It's not that it was criminal or they broke the law. It's that he knowingly and willfully and repeatedly advanced arguments that all of the normal, sane people were telling him weren't good arguments and listened to the crazy, insane, fringe conspiracy theorists the whole way through. And that's actually very bad. Because we were told when Donald Trump was elected the first time, well, he's going to be surrounded with good people who will keep him straight. All those good people who kept him straight and advanced the policies you all love are now backing other people. It's the fringe, crazy conspiracy theorists, people who are probably going to go off to jail on his behalf, who are still advising him and surrounding him. And the other thing is that, well, they're bleeding him dry. 
metaphorically speaking, of course, but financially, Donald Trump's campaign has $7 million. He started out with over $100 million. His money is going to fund lawyers for the first two indictments, and now there's a third. There's about to be a fourth. There may even be a fifth indictment. The fifth indictment would be fundraising off of the stolen election lies. You may believe the election was stolen, but no one's ever been able to show it in court. In fact, the court cases have been dismissed. Now, that again gets to Donald Trump's state of mind. If Rudy Giuliani and and Sidney Powell were telling him they had all this stuff, well, then he's got a defense, but he still has to fight it in court. He still has to go to court. He still has to pay the lawyers. But the fact that he believed the crazy and not the true, the fact that he believed the incompetent and not the competent, is a pretty damning indictment on him. Regardless, he could become the Republican nominee. He and Joe Biden are still tied. The question, however, is when he's out of money and he can't even campaign for president because he doesn't have the money to get his plane off the ground and put fuel in it to get it off the ground because all of his money has gone to lawyers, what happens to the persuadable people of America who he can't even run ads for because he doesn't have money? How many of them sit on the sidelines and just let Joe Biden have it? These are fundamental issues that the voters on the Republican side are going to have to deal with. Is a vote for Donald Trump a vote for the second term of Joe Biden, just given the legal and financial dynamics? Forget all the accusations, the legal and, and financial implications. Something they're going to have to decide for themselves. I personally think if, if half the, the statements made are, are true, it's disqualifying, but I don't think it's criminal. I think it's possible to be found criminal. It's going to be a tough case for Jack Smith. This isn't the strong case people in the media have told you. But there's one more thing i got to say, and I'm running long, but i got to say this. Regardless of all of the allegations, Donald Trump is innocent until proven guilty. And every single member of the media commenting on this should remember the man is innocent until proven guilty, whether they like him or not. And in so much of the media coverage, you would never realize or recognize that that's the case. He's being condemned by so much of the media. This is a state of mind case from Jack Smith. It's going to be very hard for him to prove Donald Trump's state of mind. Well connected and well respected. It's Eric Erickson live every weekday. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. 877-973-7425. I'm happy to take your questions on the indictment. Uh, I've got limited time in this segment, so I'm going to just I, I got to put them all off until the next segment. Just just bear with me here. Um, I, I, I do want to reiterate one point that you got to understand uh, let me I, let me just read you a comment. It'll be anonymous, but um, this is from a um, someone who knows uh, the federal legal system very well. This is the problem I see is that if Trump's only charged with conspiracy and the object is never re- the object is never required to be accomplished, if he directed folks to change letters to say that the purpose was to create a crisis then that could be enough if the purpose was to create a crisis, if, if those letters were true. You do have to keep that in mind. Uh, there are serious allegations. I think this case is weaker than the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case. That case, depending on the jury, that case could really find Donald Trump going to prison. And 
that 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 puts how much weaker this case is except the jury situation you've got a you've got a district of columbia jury we should probably review the the nuance of this stuff cuz cuz people um people people may be concerned but anyway anyway we'll get to it right now though i want to i want to remind you about patriot mobile if if you're a conservative and you're not sure what you can do to help the conservative movement how about be a passive investor so to speak in the conservative movement see if you take your cell phone business to patriot mobile as they grow their profits, they up their giving to the conservative movement. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers everyone else uses. And, in fact, you get guaranteed great service. As they grow their profits, they up their giving to the conservative causes you care about, the Second Amendment, pro-life, uh, veterans, first responders, conservative candidates, particularly targeting woke school board members and hopefully soon uh, woke district attorneys with conservative candidates, Patriot Mobile increases their spending to the conservative movement as you send your business to them. All you have to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can roll everything over online, including your existing phone number, move it to them, or you get a new number from them. If you want to call them, you don't feel comfortable doing it online, call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. You tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name as they grow. The conservative movement funding grows. You get great service. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I'm happy to take your questions about the indictment. If you're just tuning in, let me give you real quick just my summation of this third indictment. I don't think it's as significant as the one in Florida. I think it's a much more difficult case to prove, but Jack Smith will be helped by having a judge and jury in the District of Columbia, even a change of venue probably isn't going to go someplace super favorable to Donald Trump, um, given that the judge gets to make that call. Uh, if she moved it to Philly, if she moved it to Newark, if she moved it to Wilmington, if she moved it to Richmond, I mean, or, or Norfolk even, not, not really Trump-friendly cases. And she could do that, um, claiming a change of venue. That, so that's a problem for Trump, but you've got to prove Trump's state of mind for these conspiracies. Uh, if, however, you show through circumstantial evidence, like, for example, Donald Trump uh, changed language in letters to provoke a crisis, that he knew he would be provoking a destabilizing situation, you could get him on some of the charges. You You could. This isn't a cakewalk for Jack Smith. It's a very tough case for him to make much of it on untreaded legal ground. I mean, people haven't pursued these charges ever in the history of the republic, let alone against a former president. But it's no easy thing for Donald Trump either. Again, particularly given the judge and the jury, this is not as strong or airtight a case as the one in Florida. The Florida one is very bad for Donald Trump. Very bad. This one... Not so much, but it's going to be extremely time-consuming and extremely costly for Donald Trump to to defend this case. He's going to be financially bled dry by all of this. Now, let's go to the phones, 877-973-7425, and you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Um, I just wanted to call and get your thoughts on two things, two questions. And wanted to say you're doing a great job, and 
lots of well wishes uh, to your wife and family, and um, keep Thank taking you. mental health days because <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> your patience is is so valuable, and I, I don't know how you keep it. But um, so my question was uh, two things: you, as a former um, attorney, with Donald Trump, his pattern of behavior being impulsive and reckless, he's he's kind of he has an aptitude for uh, incriminating himself. Do you think, I guess what I, I don't understand is with an impartial grand jury, regardless of where it's located, do litigators have to present a portion of their um, evidence to even get the indictment? Okay, like, yeah, okay. Would they have to say, we, we believe his mindset was that he knowingly lied about, about the election being stolen because we have him on either audio recording or a written receipt. All right. So first of all, keep in mind, a, a good prosecutor could indict a ham sandwich. That 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 tends to be a line. Oh. And, and I mean, a prosecutor, if they want an indictment, they're probably going to get one. I think grand juries tend to indict over 90 percent of the people district attorneys want or prosecutors want indicted. But what he does have to show is he's got to bring in witnesses and the grand jury gets to ask them questions and he asks them questions uh, showing the basis of the cases. So, for example, um, you you have a conspiracy charge based on a crime. You've got to show that the defendants were trying to commit the crime, whether they did or not, because it's you're not proving the crime was committed. You're proving they wanted to commit the crime with a conspiracy charge. They had the intent to do so. They just didn't get that far. But you've got to show um, that this is the crime that they were trying to commit. Uh, and this is their collaboration. And in a conspiracy, it really is about his state of mind. Did Donald oh. Trump know or not know? And so what they've done is they brought in all of these people. They brought in Mike Pence. They brought in Mark Meadows. They brought in uh, William Barr, the former attorney general. They brought in uh, the White House counsel. And they asked them, did you tell him uh, that there was no evidence that the election was stolen. And they all said there was no evidence. And uh, to Mike Pence, did you tell him you had no power under the Constitution uh, to stop the Electoral College from being counted? And Mike Pence said he, he, he reiterated that repeatedly. So Donald Trump knew or should have known, and that's the key language there, should have known well, that this was and nonsense. If they found, if, they, if that's his defense, that he didn't, he truly believed, um, you know, that the, election was stolen despite never receiving or, um, you know, actually being privy to any concrete evidence speaking otherwise, wouldn't, wouldn't that automatic, I, I mean, I guess it's, it isn't automatic, but to the Republican Party, wouldn't that be a signal of how can we um, install, you know, former President Trump back in the office when he isn't lucid, like when he isn't <laughs> yeah. able to process information right. Well, like listen, that. Like, this is a concern that a lot of people have, and, and more independent voters than not. But also, well, yeah, I'm independent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, so keep in mind on this one: um, Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell made claims in Michigan to try to get uh, the Michigan election overturned, and they went to Donald Trump with the same claims, and they claimed they had an expert who could show that machines in select counties in Michigan were fraudulently tabulating the votes, that they were doing so, whether fraudulently or not, they were doing it in error, and they were weighted towards Joe Biden in a way that they shouldn't have been. Now, if they told Donald Trump that, that they had the expert and they, they had an expert report, and Donald Trump believed it, well, then his state of mind was, was there clearly was an error. Now, the problem 
is that this expert, it turns out, didn't know what he was talking about as the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled. And in fact, uh, the counties where he was saying this happened didn't use the voting machines that he claimed they were using. But Donald Trump <laughs> didn't know that. So he was told oh. by his lawyers that this was so. So, I mean, that's Donald Trump essentially his defense is to throw Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, John Eastman, um, uh, uh, what's his name, Jeffrey Clark, Rudy Giuliani, throw them all under the bus. And say, this is what they told me, and it turns out that's not true. The problem is to do that, one, he may have to testify, and I'm sure he doesn't want to, but two, he does have to throw his most loyal supporters under the bus and send them to jail to save himself. Right, and and here's my last – thank you, um, uh, Eric, but here's my last – because that was a good explanation. My last overarching question for you as a Republican that that I'm trying to see your mindset, I guess, um, because I I, I think that you're pretty logical. But um, so overarching, all this mess, all the nonsense between him and Biden. And, you know, I voted for Biden over Trump. It wasn't a happy moment. But I think the guy's done a crappy job. I'm ready for him to be gone. His education policies are absurdly distracting, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a mess. Why wouldn't Republicans say, like, why wouldn't, as a unit, the Republican Party, the leadership, as a unit, come together and say, enough with the sideshows, enough with, you know, the, the revenge politics and insanity. Let's all put pride aside. Let's all back Tim Scott. <laughs> DeSantis would, would have been a, you know, a, it looked promising, and then he... I don't know. He's playing a lot of games, and and it's sort of unimpressive. But Tim Scott, I feel like has he he, he yeah. you get a lot of crossover votes, especially from independents and from a lot of Democrats. If he right. were the nominee, you know, all Republicans they have stated that I've you know talked to or, or, or read things, they'll vote for whoever the nominee is uh, over Joe Biden. So why wouldn't they want – why would they want well, to make it this oh, okay, so Why do they want this to be so awful again? <laughs> okay. Um, you're, you're talking about the voters, not, not – the, so the voters of the Republican Party – Well, no, the leadership. Well, the leadership. so – but here's the problem is is the voters vote, and the voters don't like the leadership of the GOP. They, they, they don't trust oh, the Mitch McConnell's. Okay. They, they, don't, they don't trust the establishment. They, they, I mean, the establishment for years told them, you, you, you elect us, we're going to get rid of Obamacare, and they never did. Uh, you elect us, we're going to get rid of Roe v. Wade, and they never did. Donald Trump's the one who did. So they, they don't trust him. Uh, but ultimately, so Ann, a, a buddy of mine said this to me this morning, and I, I will leave you with this. I think this is the truest thing said today about the indictment and the reaction, is you cannot unreason you cannot reason people out of a position they did not reason themselves into. You can't reason a person out of a position they never reasoned themselves into. The people who support Donald Trump didn't reason themselves into support of Donald Trump. It's an emotional response. Uh, and you can't well, reason them out Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's so – yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just a – it. I guess all you can do is what you're doing is just get on there and, and try to – Try to lay out both sides, emotional yeah. and and logical, and 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 see if you know. Try to get people to feel good about the country again. Yeah, look, like I, I'm, <laughs> I I try to and listen. Thank you. I'm going to let you go there. And I appreciate the conversation. I I I try to at least 
make people's eyes open to the fact that if you bleed Trump dry financially, which they're doing, he's gone from like $150 million to $7 million in his campaign accounts. You tie him up in court so he's not on the campaign trail. Uh, you've got to win with independent voters. And independent voters, I mean, Ann is an independent voter, y'all, uh, is a vote for Trump, a vote for Joe Biden. And the question is, if you love Trump so much and want to protect him, are you willing to risk four more years of Joe Biden, or do you want to find someone who might beat Joe Biden and pardon Trump? Ultimately, that's going to have to be a question. Trump voters have to answer for themselves. Are you so committed to the guy that you're willing to risk a second term of Joe Biden, or are you so committed to the guy you're willing to let him go to save him? I mean, that's going to be a decision Trump voters have to ask themselves. Richard, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hi, Eric. Uh, I have a question. It's not about the last uh, indictment. It's about the next one. All right. And the DA in Fulton County, Georgia, is uh, determined to file charges against him for breaking a Georgia law. And I don't know why she has standing versus any other DA in any other county in the state of Georgia. What? Ah. Okay. What gives her the so the, the you got you have to understand what is the the nexus of the case uh, what is the central heart of the case and so the central heart of the case is election law in Georgia and if it's election law in Georgia uh, who presides over the elections in Georgia the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger so now where does Brad Raffensperger live and work? Fulton County. Therefore, the case has to be filed in Fulton County because it was about a state election presided over by a secretary of state and his office is in Fulton County. So that's where the case has to be filed. I thought it was just because the demographics are more democratic in Fulton County than just about any yeah, you, 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 That's a logical jump. Uh, it, it is. But the actual reason is because it, it's the heart of the case is this conversation with Brad Raffensperger trying to find 11,000 votes. And that conversation called into Fulton County to Brad Raffensperger's office. That set off the series of events in Georgia. Therefore, the case has to be filed in Fulton County. Good answer. Yep. Okay. Yep. Thanks, absolutely. Eric. Thank you. Thanks very much. All right. Let's see. Uh, one more here. Brad, or Brian, I'm sorry. Br- welcome, Brian. How are you? Good. Hey, Eric. Can you explain legally the difference between this latest Trump indictment and what Adam Schiff and many other Democrats were doing for years, lying about evidence they say they had when they knew they didn't? <laughs> yes. Yes, I can explain the difference. Um, Joe Biden decided to prosecute Donald Trump and not Adam Schiff. That, that's the difference. Well, that, that's what I thought. And is, yes. that not a, is that not something Trump's lawyers can use or no? It can't uh, well, be used in court. It, it can't be used in court against Donald Trump, but it's something a Republican president could use. I mean, Adam Schiff lied his butt off. Now, there is a big difference, honestly, is Congress has a speech and debate clause in the Constitution. So you can say, if you're a member of Congress and you're in Congress, you can say whatever you want to say and you really can't be held liable for it. Um, they, and they, a private they, citizen can. Yeah, a private citizen can. Now, the caveat is Adam Schiff, did he go on television and make these statements? And yes, he did. He wasn't inside Congress when he said these things. So he could be held liable uh, for lying under oath. But no one's prosecuted him, and he should be. Um, I, I really do think Adam Schiff steered much of the nasty media coverage against Trump by claiming he was the chairman, he had access to classified information, and here it was. Here's what it is, and it turns out he was lying the whole time. Um, he should be. Is it prosecuted. there a conspiracy as well? Is it there a conspiracy as well because it wasn't just him? 
Oh, right. Yeah, listen, I I don't disagree with you at all on this. I I think Schiff should be prosecuted. The the difference is that uh, you've got a Democratic president with his attorney general, and and they're not going to go after Adam Schiff. Now, I will say, in in all intellectual honesty here, you do have to grapple with the speech and debate clause uh, in the Constitution for members of Congress. It is very hard to prosecute members of Congress for their false statements because of the speech and debate clause. And the reason actually goes back to ancient at Rome, where the emperor would round members of the Roman Senate up for saying anything truthful or not, and it established a precedent that when you're on your way to or from the Congress, and while you're there, you're entirely protected and can't be prosecuted. So if Schiff argues, well, it was part of my job, even though I was lying, it was part of my job, uh, and he's a congressman, lying is part of the job of every congressman, it seems. Uh, he's He's got a plausible defense, but really what's going on here is you've got Democrats protecting Schiff, uh, and if we get a Republican-elected president, that's something they should look into. Um, you're absolutely right. It is totally political. It really is, and I don't care what Democrats say, it's true. Adam Schiff lied through his teeth, and that shaped so much coverage of Donald Trump. Now, I got to tell you about Americans for Prosperity. While we're all fighting over lawyers and stuff, Americans for Prosperity is on a road trip around the country educating Americans about the how bad Bidenomics is for the middle class. Inflation is up. Gas prices are up. Food prices are up. Cost of living is up. Uh, your real wages are down. They're trying to remind Americans Joe Biden's economic policies are bad for the country. They want you on their team as they make this case around the country. And all you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You sign up, become one of their 4 million activists around the country. They've got chapters in 36 states. They're growing in the other states. They want to teach you how to go to your local legislature, to your, your, your chamber of commerce, your board of education, your city council, make the case for free markets and free people, even persuade your neighbor and get educated about how bad Bidenomics is so you can educate your neighbors on that too. As the election comes up, you can be persuasive. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if you're responsible for the finances of a business and you're growing your business, reach out to First Liberty and see if they can help you. If you need $250,000 or more to buy a building or build a building or buy a franchise, buy out a business partner or a competitor, those are the sorts of deals they specialize in. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them on the phone. And again, any business nationwide, whether you're in Abilene, Texas, or you're in Little Rock, Arkansas, or you're in, um, I don't know, um, Bangor, Maine, they can help you. Uh, I So I, I want to, I'd really like to move on to other stuff, but I know we've also got a, a really huge issue at stake here uh, with this indictment, and I'm happy to let it breathe with you. Um, There is other news we need to get to, but I want to play you. Do I have time? Yes, I want to play you this clip from Dana Bash. Now to the raw politics and a raw morning if you're sitting inside President Biden's Wilmington re-election headquarters. A New York Times poll confirms the current political reality. Donald Trump can win a rematch with Joe Biden. The top line number, Mr. Biden, 43 percent. Mr. Trump, 43 percent. The deadlock raises questions about a Biden general election advantage and the impact of indictments on the former president's standing with voters in a potential general election. 
The poll finds both men are unpopular with American voters. Only 41 percent hold a favorable opinion of the former president. Only 39 percent currently approve of Joe Biden's job performance. The poll does show modest improvements for Mr. Biden on key metrics compared with a year ago. Last year, only 13 percent said the country was on the right track. Now that number is 23 percent. A better but still deeply unsettling number if you are the sitting president is who's asking for four more years. Yes, problem for the Biden White House team. Trump could still win this thing from jail, no less. That's why Democrats have taken to photoshopping pictures of Joe Biden. Yeah, have y'all heard about this? We'll get into this one later. But first, we do need to take about the, uh, talk about the bond rating, and I will take your calls about the indictments, 877-973-7425. WSB. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 